And welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Reaction episode tonight as Auburn is leaving Baton Rouge, licking its wounds after a 30-point loss to the LSU Tigers. 48-18 inside Tiger Stadium. We knew LSU's offense was going to be electric in this game, but as I am joined here by Jason Caldwell for this reaction show, Jason, I think the bigger disappointment, just you know, sort of knee-jerk reaction from this one, was the fact that not only did Auburn's offense come out of a bye week and should have had better preparation, at least it seems for this game, but you were facing on paper. I know, I know it's tough in a road spot, and, and and nothing is ever as easy as it looks on paper, but this was it had been for most of the season a really susceptible LSU passing defense. And at the end of the day, Auburn's 0-3 in the SEC, and they still got a lot of questions in the passing game and at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the thing, and I mentioned it this week, LSU was not very good on defense. They had also played Florida State, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Um, <laughs> you know, they played some pretty good teams. And um, they also figured some things out. Hey, uh, you know, here's the thing. This straight up, and and you know, we can be brutally honest. That defense has given up a ton of yards, a ton of points this year. If you line those two defenses up on Saturday night, LSU's defense is a lot better than Auburn's. Now, Auburn's has had more answers at times this year, but some of that was due to who they played too. LSU's got more guys, and it showed up Saturday night on both sides of the ball. Um, this was, this was. More of a mismatch than Auburn Georgia was for a number of reasons. One of them was it was on the road. Another one was is that LSU's offense is a lot more dynamic, and 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 that was a big part of this thing. I think the 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 crowd noise early, Auburn got out of rhythm, got down seventeen nothing. That impacted Auburn's offense greatly greatly Saturday night. Um, but hey, this was one of those games that now I'm surprised the way it turned out. Absolutely not not surprised at all to see LSU win this game and win it comfortably. I just Auburn's just not quite good enough yet to win games like that uh, unless everything goes well, and obviously it didn't go well on Saturday night. Yeah, you mentioned the start to the game. That's really what put Auburn well behind the eight ball. Um, anytime you're down 17 nothing before you even get the ball for the third time in the game, that's never a good thing. LSU went down the field night in 99 seconds on their first drive, and it was kind of, you know, Hugh Freeze mentioned it this week, the sort of effortlessness that Jaden Daniels plays with. Daniels had a fantastic day, um, continues his his Heisman candidacy, at least in my opinion, 325 through the air, three touchdowns. Auburn did pick him off toward the end of the first half. Um, he also added 93 yards on the ground, but really it was just that blitzing out of the gate that, that put Auburn behind the eight ball because like Hugh Freeze mentioned after the game, they did some good things, particularly on offense. In the second quarter, they had a touchdown drive. In the third quarter, they were able to string some things together. They had a drive that ended at the beginning of the fourth quarter where they did some nice things, but nowhere near as consistent as they needed to be. But, Jason, it was clear from the beginning of the game you had more snap issues for Avery Jones. Maybe the crowd was a factor there. A couple offensive line penalties. You know, I think one or two of them were pre-snap penalties there on the first two drives of the game, but 
you know, you mentioned it, but the last thing Auburn needed to do in this game after a bye week was go three and out on its first two drives, um, especially with that offense on the other side of the ball. Yeah, you just you're not going to stop this LSU offense. At least Auburn wasn't going to. Um, we've talked about it all year long. Um, you've got to have a dominant front four or at least some dominant guys on the front four to be able to to go up against LSU and Jaden Daniels because you're not going to get any pass rush. And, and if you blitz, that you're, you're dead in the water, and that's what we saw Saturday night. That's what happened defensively. And then offensively, you look and you go, then you go three and out. You have a couple of negative plays, um, can't get anything going, and and you look up and you're right. It's seventeen nothing, and, and it's honestly it's game over. Uh, Auburn made a Auburn made a run and cut it a little bit, but as soon as they did, big kickoff return, score a touchdown, open it back up. I thought that was one of the biggest plays of the game. If you maybe pin them deep and maybe get the ball back right there, you know you might have a chance to to cut into it a little more, but you get a, a kickoff return. To, to the other 30 and score a couple of plays later and, and just kind of took all the air out a little bit there for Auburn. But yeah, offensively, I mean, you're right, ton of questions now. Um, and, and it's one that I posed to, to Hugh Freeze after the game is, is you know, this is a tempo offense. You're at best when you're going tempo. I know it doesn't work well for a defense that doesn't have much depth, but sooner or later, it, you know, we saw it Saturday night. It, Auburn could have held the ball and could have done what they – they could have run it and held it for 40 minutes Saturday night against LSU and still wouldn't won a game. Um, they got to find a way to score some, some points, and I think that's by going more tempo. Yeah, I completely agree with you that, that that kickoff return was sort of an inflection point in this game. Auburn came out in the third quarter. They really didn't feel terribly about what they did in the second quarter also. You know, they they – they get blitzed and go down 17 to nothing. Um, and the next three drives for LSU, a field goal where, look, the LSU shot itself in the foot. They had a fourth and in inches that they were ready to go for without hesitation. And then they had a pre-snap penalty and had to kick a field goal. You get a punt, you get off the field for the first time, and then you get an interception where, um, where Jalen Simpson tips the ball. He goes for the pick. He was obviously upset that he didn't get his fifth interception of the season, but it ends up in the hands of DJ James. You had a decent little drive there before the end of the first half, but you couldn't polish it off. But yeah, that kickoff return after that LSU, LSU scores four straight touchdowns after that point, after the point that it was a 10 point game. And so that felt like a big turning point for them in the second half. Yeah, Jason. I mean, like you said, there are question marks now about what this offense looks like moving forward. We know they're not going to make any sort of whole scale schematic changes but at the same time whatever quarterback they decide to go with because for for me at least this game felt like more than any of the other ones Texas A&M we saw a lot of Robbie Ashford as well this felt like more than any game this season that Robbie Ashford really truly had control of the offense on multiple drives we saw a little bit of good from him Peyton Thorne later on in the game had a drive where he went four or five for 57 yards um, and then Robbie Ashford polished it off with a with a touchdown pass to Brandon Frazier, but they've still got a ton of quarterback questions, and it's it's something where I think they're definitely going to have to figure out. They can't trot out this same sort of inconsistent, you know, lack of rhythm between the two quarterbacks and in the passing game. They can't trot this same thing out against Ole Miss because that's a scoring offense that's almost just as good as LSU's. 
Yeah, no, you, you got to figure out what you are. We've talked about identity, and I don't know. After a, after a bye week, it felt like less identity on offense. Um, and some of that was the start and being down 17 nothing. It really it throws you out of your plans. You, you're not going to be able to run the football and run time off the clock and do those things when you're already down 17 nothing to an offense that's going to score more. So it kind of they had to change. They did go tempo and, and came down and had a drive that led to that touchdown early in the second quarter. By going some tempo passing, and and I thought, hey, uh, I, I thought Peyton Thorne looked much better in that situation. We've seen it before with Bo Nix and with others. That's that's kind of how quarterbacks can get some rhythm. You look at it LSU, and and that's what they want to do. I, I think I think if you're Auburn, you, you got to decide what you are. Um, and this is a this is this is probably the the point that leads you there. You're either going to have to throw it, sling it around some, go tempo, and have Peyton Thorne as a quarterback. Or you're gonna to have to say, well, we got to run the football. And if you're gonna run the football, then then nine has to be in the game, and you got to use him, and it's got to be his offense. I don't know that there's any other points of. I don't know how else to look at it. I just don't think you can do what you're doing now. You got to be one or the other. You can't do a little bit of both because right now that's not working. Yeah, and you look at this game in particular. It wasn't that different in terms of some of the throws that Peyton Thorne was making from the Georgia game where Hugh Free said, hey, there were some moments and there were some throws that he made that we thought we should have come down with. He mentioned it after the game. You know, Peyton Thorne, they, they, he hits Camden Brown on a couple of those RPO slants, and then he misses on his next six passes. Three of those passes um, were those RPO fades where there's press coverage right at the line of scrimmage, and so he knows there's going to be a one-on-one on the outside. I believe it was Mardner, it was Hooks, and it was Fairweather, and they didn't win any of those battles. And so, and that's that's been a struggle, Jason, all season long. I mean, they've their inconsistency at that. I mean, I think Fairweather is the best player on the team in terms of those kinds of plays, and he made one of those plays later in the game. Jay Fair made a few good plays as well, but it's still, you know, we're talking a lot about quarterback. It's still obviously other elements of the passing game that have to execute as well. I wanted to mention a few things here. There were some, you know, Hugh Freeze talked about during the bye week or, you know, what they worked on during the bye week, maybe some personnel differences. And that was something that they kind of worked on when they did their self-scouting. Brandon Frazier's involvement is not a personnel difference. He's been very involved. He just hasn't caught any passes. But, Jason, there were some interesting, you know, maybe the receiver rotation, I thought, shaked up a little bit, was shook up a little bit with, with Camden Brown playing more. You saw Caleb Burton in there a lot. Jeremiah Cobb seemed to have one of his bigger roles of the season. And so that goes, that goes hand in hand with the identity um, that you were talking about. And we also saw some of that on defense as well with Keldrick Falk having to play a bunch and, uh, and Caleb wouldn't having to play a bunch as well. Yeah, no, I think there were, there were, there were some different, different, different things going on. And so I think when you look at it, um, you know, there's, there's obviously, uh, you know, gives you an, an idea of some things to look at if you're Auburn. I think one of the things you have to look at is a lot more 21 and 23 in, in the running game. Um, right now, I don't know, Jarquez Hunter just does not seem to be as effective as those guys do, especially in this offense and what they're doing. And I think you, you need to look at, at getting those guys more involved. You're right. We saw a little bit more I mentioned in pregame. You know, Cannon Brown looked as healthy as I'd seen him, and, and he made a couple of those big catches inside. LSU said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And you're right. Um, you know, they said, hey, go make a play. And, and that's the difference right now in being able to do some of the things they want to do on offense, to be quite honest. You look at the differences in in 
what LSU trotted at wide receiver and what Auburn trotted out at wide receiver, and it was it was night and day. Um, Auburn doesn't have guys like that, and um, until you can get them, it's going to be hard. Right now, you're asking guys to go make contested one-on-one catches, and uh, you want to you want those guys to make a few of them. But it'd be better if you were making catches where you were beating DBs and, and were open. There's just not a whole lot of those opportunities right now for this team. And when you take those away, all of a sudden teams go, oh, if I can if I can play man, then I can give you another guy in the box and do some of those things. That's why it makes it very difficult for this Auburn offense until you can make some plays on the perimeter. Um, you know, and, and they haven't done that. Well, and that's been the case I mean, most of the season. I mean, I don't know what Shane Hooks is. Um, reception rate is after this game, it was eight catches on 17 targets enter, entering the game, and he had a couple more that didn't go his way here. It's, and I think that that that's a big part of the frustration, I think, right now for Auburn fans and just for this team in general, I mean, for the people on the team, about why the passing game isn't working. Like you said, there's just not been a lot of moments where they've either schemed up or whether they've executed or whether they've thrown the, you know, thrown the receivers open. There's just not been a lot of moments this year where guys have been running open and have been hitting stride while they're open. I know that's not how this offense is predicated, um, but they, like you said, they don't have the players right now who are making one-on-one catches. On the other side of the ball, Jason, you know, we, we a lot of the focus tonight was on the offense and where we've been talking a ton about the offense. This is a game where Auburn just gave up 48 points, but I just I don't think there's going to be as much of a microscope. Now, look, there's tons of things to work on, um, and I think he, the biggest thing to take away is what Hugh Freeze said about the effort level and what some of the players said about the effort level. That is never what you want to hear on the defensive side of the ball. I just think in terms of a total, in terms of yardage, I mean, LSU, this this could be the most yards they've ever had against Auburn because of how the stats go back. I think it's very possible that it is. Jane Daniels obviously had a huge game. I just think Auburn and their fans, I think, expected a lot of that in this game. But the one thing you didn't expect is what they talked about afterwards saying, Hey, you know, alignment and assignment, that's all, that's all fine. That's all good, you know, for the most part, but we just didn't play with a lot of effort out there. And I think that's, you know, it's obviously something they got to fix before they play, they play Ole Miss next week. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes effort comes along with, with uh, mental effort. I think, you know, you get down 17, nothing. And all of a sudden you start going, oh, this, this, yeah, this is pretty much over with. And, and it, it, it's, it's easy to take that attitude. You can still play hard. But there's a difference between playing hard and, and being, you know, that kind of playing. And I thought I saw some of that. Um, not from everybody. Um, and but the other part of it is too is is that I mentioned it. This 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 defensive front just isn't talented enough right now for this team. And if you can't get after the quarterback, then you're in trouble. If you can't get after Jalen Daniels, Jaden Daniels without having to blitz and do some things then it is over with and Katie bar the door. And and that's what we saw. Jackson Dart will be able to do some of those same things too, but he's not Jaden Daniels. Um, and so um, you, you might can get your blitz package work is do some of those things. But, you know, you start talking about, um, you know, having to play this LSU offense and not getting penetration and not creating negative plays. Um, then there's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do. And, and that was the, that, to me, that was the ultimate story. I thought Saturday night was the first time it's shown up. They've been able to mask it pretty much all year. Ron Roberts has done a great job. He couldn't mask it Saturday night because of Jaden Daniels. You can mask it against Carson Beck. You can mask it against um, you know Texas A&M. You can mask it against some teams. 
you can't do it with that guy on the other team um, because he's going to he's going to make you pay for every mistake every time you don't blitz. He's going to make you pay, and and that's what they did time and time again. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. You know, we went into this game talking about, hey, the numbers may not reflect it completely, but we think this defense has done a really good job of executing all things considered, personnel considered, you know, injuries considered, opponents, all that kind of stuff. This was kind of the game where I think the dam broke in a lot of ways, and I think that's something that we maybe thought could happen because of the way that, I mean, you said it this week, and you just mentioned it right now, and you you hit the nail on the head. This is a tougher matchup. This was a tougher matchup for Auburn than number one Georgia because where the game was being played, because of their style of offense, because of the way they played, you know, they, they have, might have an opportunity to affect you on the outside on defense. And so it just, everything sort of spiraled and went downhill and it was, you know, not a bunch of positives take away. And that's, look, they got to get back on track with that because you had the fan base. Okay. You know, you, you, you almost beat Georgia. You played them really, really well. Let's go on the road to LSU and make sure you get improvements from the bye week. All the players talked about everything they were working on, you know, going into the bye week and feeling like they could capitalize on the momentum because really the Georgia game didn't feel like a loss. You know, it, it, players were obviously very motivated and excited about what was coming next to go on the road and lose by 30. I mean, it's, it's just really not something you needed to do in this spot. And so the Ole Miss game takes on that much more importance now. Um, simply because Auburn needs to feel like it needs to get back on track at this point in the season and get some momentum. So maybe Jordan-Hare Stadium is the is the place to do that. But uh, we'll probably wrap it up there. Wanted to do just, of course, a quick reaction show. Auburn loses 48-18 to inside Tiger Stadium. Of course, this is their last trip to Baton Rouge for a while. They're not going to play LSU next year, and we do not know after that point, you know, when it'll be back on the schedule and, uh, and at that point, you know, when they'll go on the road again because the next game after that probably be in Auburn. So Auburn drops to 0-3 in the SEC for the first time since 2012. They are hoping they'll be able to buck that trend when Ole Miss comes to town next weekend. We'll have all sorts of coverage for you guys, auburnundercover.com. Of this game, we're just getting started on that front here as we record this early on Sunday morning. So be on the lookout for that at auburnundercover.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll catch you guys later. Everybody have a good start to your week.